Sorry, guys, I'm not here to talk about pop culture. I've done my uh, share of public speaking, but I'm not kidding when I say I approach this one with a, a lot of trepidation. Because I have been searching my mind to see what, if anything, in the remnants of my life could be of value to you. Should I begin now and then, I ask myself, or actually, it's in the last six years of my life, occurring in my mid and late 60s, those six years have been the most challenging, the most exciting, the most driven, the most anxious, the most risk-taking, the most hazardous, and the most rewarding. But I realize, for me, that now is then, and incidentally, my then is your now, since for me, it began five decades ago. Not so good with these glasses, huh? And my experiences in the ensuing decades were, strange as it might seem, no more than a reflection of the values that I learned then and a corroboration of the convictions which imbued my being then and have formed the philosophy of my life, which has endured throughout all these years. Five decades ago, I attended the Boston Latin School, the first public school in the history of this country. It was the greatest single experience of my educational life. The Latin School was then the beacon of excellence in the best of all schools in America. And I, not through brilliance, but sheer will, graduated first in my class in my later years at Harvard and Harvard Law School, seemed like kindergarten by comparison. There's no doubt that there was for me a life before Latin school. But if there was, it had to be more tranquil, less demanding, less fearsome, less painful, less cruel than the days of my life that I spent there. But it was there that I first was subject to the steadfast philosophy that there was a direction in human affairs. It was at Latin school my studies of the classics, the great philosophers, and through my experience with great teachers, that I was first exposed to the idea that thinking, educated, dedicated, and disciplined men have the power within them to create a new and better world, and that impossible though it may seem, nothing is impossible, and that free men may just possibly make this world better than it is. Indeed, the principle that an educated man has an unalterable duty to render service to his community is at the foundation of the works of Plato, which at Latin school we were never permitted to forget. At Boston Latin School, there was, in fact, only one standard. It was the standard of excellence. Nothing else counted. The discipline was almost cruel, but the cruelty was non-discriminatory. But nothing at Latin school counted except ability and competence and commitment and character, not race, not color, not sex, not family, not religion, but excellence. Achievement and commitment to excellence. Boston Latin School demanded excellence of its students and it taught them the pursuit of excellence for the rest of their lives. At Latin school, if we were to survive, much less to excel, we were required to live with stress and with pressure and with tension. And accordingly, it was here that I, like so many of you, learned something about living, sometimes with overwhelming stress. My life has confirmed what most of yours, if it hasn't, will, that stress is a condition of life. 
and sometimes it appears to rise to almost inhuman proportions. And if one is to carry one's own burdens as well as sometimes those of others, one has to accept stress, stress as a way of life. One must accept not only the world at large, but one's personal world as turbulent and tense, and somehow we have to learn to maintain some degree of serenity in the face not only of uncertainty, but even of disaster. It was there that I learned, as I have learned later in life, that as one builds values and goals and beliefs and standards, one armors oneself, at least to a certain degree, from the stress and uncertainty and sometimes even the cruelty of life. And I came to understand there, as in later life, that success is built on trouble. Success is built on failure. It's built on frustration and even catastrophe. And that there is indeed only one philosophy of life that's compatible with sanity, and that's optimism and hope. And I learned there and throughout my life that one can never retreat from anything that's worthwhile, never, merely because it's complex or it's painful or it's imperfect, or like, some, like society, sometimes even corrupt. Nothing is perfect. Tolerance is essential, but tolerance doesn't mean acceptance. While at Latin school, I learned the lesson repeated so often in my own zeal, my zeal to survive and to succeed, that while I preferred peace, I had to be prepared for combat and be willing to enter the fray and be prepared, I don't want to sound pretentious, to fight for what's right, even for a more humane society. But that it is never, never enough to take a vocal stand without being personally willing to enter the fray. As I thought about tonight, I became intensely aware of the enormously profound and enduring effect on my later life of my early values and attitudes. I learned early that life is rough and tension is unrelenting and one cannot retreat and survive. And in my own striving for excellent and excellence and achievement in the early days, I learned that life without stress is just a pipe dream. And I learned that to live fully, you have to be willing to live dangerously. And that all of us, and you particularly, must always take the risk of failure if you want even a, a ghost of a chance for success. As you know, there are many today who denigrate the value of goal-oriented achievement. But where would we be without those who sought to achieve what was all, what many thought was unachievable? And if you haven't already learned it, you will learn that there are no worthwhile achievements in life without obsessive commitment to excellence and without a dream. And if I went on with my own life, I had many wonderful experiences. In college and in particular law school, I was exposed to the thinking of great men and in between because of my own vast language background, I came to know a young professor, later to be ambassador to Japan, Professor Reischauer. And I was fortunate to be one of those young students whom he took on his journey with the military intelligence during the Second World War on a highly secret mission to break the Japanese codes, which in turn led to the destruction of the Japanese fleet and the beginning of the end of the war in Japan. And later on, I myself had so many tastes of life and really so much zest for living, which is so important. I was a law clerk in the Court of Appeals, a special assistant to the Attorney General, a partner in a law firm, 
and I was active in leading the motion picture industry while I built my own theater company. And then, catastrophe. I had learned throughout all of these experiences, and I had tried to instill in my own children, as if we can teach our children anything, that as I have said before, success is not built in success, but upon tragedy sometimes, and failure, and frustration, and catastrophe. I was caught in a hotel fire. I was almost burned alive. I hung from a window with my arm in the fire, praying for a ladder. I was destined to die in the midst of indescribable pain, and I survived. And what provides me with such great enthusiasm for life and zest for living today is that the most exciting, challenging, rewarding years of my life occurred after that catastrophe. In recent years, I have been often running in another life which involves the responsibilities of leadership in a mass communications industry, which is even now in the infancy of a massive technological revolution, which increases the power of the word, which reaches farther and faster with greater implica implications to the future of man than ever before. And in fulfilling my leadership responsibilities today, I try, I try to live up to the lessons I learned as a young man. But that's easier to say than to do. For it is not easy to be a creative and compassionate human being in the environment of tension and conflict in which we all live. Now, I'm fortunate in that endeavor because I lead a company which is people with human beings who are, for the most part, not only highly competent, but decent, compassionate, and highly motivated human beings. Last year, through MTV, we were able to play a major role in motivating hundreds of thousands of young people like you who had given up on the pro political process to register and vote in what was truly a critical election. And this year, we are engaged in a massive effort through our networks to fight racism and sexism and all the general intolerances of life. And when I witness our efforts to utilize that strength and power responsibly, frankly, it makes me proud to be part of what we in my company are doing. And it makes me feel better about myself, and that's important, that you feel good about yourselves. At last, I have in my later years, I'm afraid to say, a chance to deliver in the dreams I had as a young man and the promises I made to myself then, and I hope that I'll succeed in that. Thank you.